Good morning, Laguna Beach. This is Craig on Rainbow Radio. It's a beautiful day here in Laguna Beach. Uh, the sun is going to pop through any minute. Well, it started, and, and then it kind of, then it kind of snuck back behind the clouds. But uh, the weather, let's get to the weather. After all, that's what we need to know first of the day. It says cloudy with occasional showers this afternoon. The high is 66, winds south-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain, 30%. The humidity is 75%, and uh, the sunset will be at 6.09 p.m. And what's going on this weekend? Well, tomorrow is uh, Beach Bonfire sponsored by, well, or put on by, or organized by Laguna Beach Pride. And it starts at 4, it goes 4 to 9 p.m. at Aliso Creek Beach, and it is absolutely, positively, 100% free. Well, the meters do run <laughs> at the beach, so if you park, you may have to uh, pay for some meter time. And aside from that, uh, it is free. You bring a beach chair, though, because you'll want to put your feet up on the fire pit and keep your toes warm. Uh, and you might want to bundle up a little bit but because uh, it, it might be a little chilly, but it's supposed to be in the 60s. Uh, I, the rest of the week for weather, um, Monday, it's going to be in the 70s, uh, mid-70s. So it's going to warm up. Uh, Sunday, tomorrow, beach time is going to be 67 and in the evening, it'll get down to 56, partly cloudy, um, but no rain, uh, only 10% chance of rain, I should say, on Sunday. So it'll be a good beach day. Uh, watch the gloaming, the sunset, and then we kind of all hang out and have some hot dogs on the fire and reminisce. And what we will probably be reminiscing about most here in Laguna Beach is the closing of the, I think, 56-year I make, I probably got this wrong, <laughs> 56 years of operation of a little gay bar here in Laguna Beach is closing actually tonight. Although last night was the big grand send-off, which I sadly missed. I, I wasn't my intention. Uh, I did see the photographs and I did see a lot of people having a lot of fun. A lot of my friends, and I am so, so sorry that I missed it. I, I, I don't, I got, I got busy on some web work and at the office and I stayed late. And before I knew it, I thought, where am I supposed to be? You know, and then it was too late, but I know that it will be open tonight uh, for it's a, it, one more night, but it's not the official, I think, closing event, which was looked, it looked it looked outrageously fun. Um, and I do want to say something with regard to the, to the uh, operation of the bar. There's been a lot of suggestions that Laguna Beach Pride was not uh, supportive of the bar. And that's perhaps one of the reasons that it has not been uh, as it's had to close. It just wasn't so successful. Well, we have been very supportive of it, and I can say that with confidence. I have many email messages and many uh, back and forth between uh, Wendy Nelson and myself, uh, and it, it went on for a couple of years, and then uh, they uh, elected to rebrand it and call and rename it as uh, uh, Anchor Line Bar, and as a professional courtesy. Uh, I we sent them a message and said, uh, under your new management, under your new scheme of things, uh, we ask if uh, should we continue to send you some business? And the response was um, that they'd gone in a new direction, and was no, and in no uncertain terms. I mean, and I, 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 so we respect that decision. That's their prerogative. So for the last. Um, well, since they rebranded it, we have not sent them business <clears throat> as per their request. So I don't know what else we could have done. Uh, I hate to see it close. I put some a lot of hard work in there for many years myself as manager. And unfortunately, um, so uh, Wendy's been very supportive of me uh, in uh, doing what she can to, uh, to see if I could uh, take new management of it and maybe uh, move it forward. Um, but it comes down to the owner and uh, I mean, owner of the building 
and a lease. And so um, without saying anything further, that is something that is, can be worked on. And, you know, you never know. I don't know. Um, I will, there's nothing more to add to that. I have no information on that. And I, and I would be inappropriate to say anything more than uh, to manage it. There needs to be a lease in place. And that's something that would need to be worked out and it has not been worked out yet. So I'll just leave it at that. And maybe it will be, maybe it won't. Um, maybe it's time for a new location with a new, uh, in a new building, uh, a new operation. You know, change is, uh, the certainty of change. I always have a mantra, the certainty of change brings the certainty of opportunity. So, uh, you know, that's my mantra. I do have, um, I did write an article that came out in uh, Stu News fairly recently. And it addresses why it's important, We've, I feel, and I think many in the community feel, uh, why it's important for there to be a, a club in the community or the LGBTQ community um, that's diverse and that is uh, there for everyone, you know, that embraces diversity. And there's certainly, from my experience, there's certainly a very supportive community from everyone in Laguna Beach. And I mean that with all sincerity, it's everyone. Uh, I know when I uh, was managing a Main Street Bar and Cabaret uh, a few years ago, people would come from the adjacent restaurant, Solani's, after a fabulous dinner. And uh, they would you know, be on their way to their car or wherever. And they'd stop in for a nightcap at uh, Main Street and they'd stay sometimes till two in the morning and, and say they had a wonderful time and uh, husband and wife, you know, and uh, they, there was a very um, mixed clientele and everyone seemed to enjoy the kind of outrageous fun and, uh, <laughs> antics <laughs> that went on at uh, that little club and I think that was a part of the the fun, uh, part of the secret, I guess, medicine of that uh, uh, of that club that it was always kind of crazy and had a surprise element to it, whether it be the entertainment or the crowd, which was always entertaining in itself. Uh, it was all it always kind of a fun place to go. So maybe on some level that um, that can be again part of Laguna Beach. And as my article said in Stu News, uh, it, it kind of explains that you can, um, if you want to read it in its entirety, it's just go to Stu News and, and look and uh, uh, search Craig Cooley and uh, uh, it'll pop up there. And uh, it, that's essentially, uh, for a lot of the gay community that um, maybe being gay, they kind of lose touch with their own family because for other reasons, the family's not so supportive that often the gay community looks for a family and often uh, that club is uh, that becomes that family in their life. And it's a place where they can be themselves. And sometimes that relationship in that family per se is uh, a good medicine. Um, I think it even prevents suicide at points um, and self-loathing. It's a, it's a place where you can laugh and be yourself and meet new friends and realize that, um, yeah, you realize that there's much more uh, to life than maybe self-loathing. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean that sincerely. And uh, so this second home or this new home or this made up home, which is often a gay bar and has been for years and many many locations and small communities across the nation where you can go and feel safe and uh, meet people. It, it has been the internet. Yes, but there's nothing like meeting someone in person in, in a safe space uh, that is important, you know, and I think uh, perhaps sometimes that's forgotten with, with uh, straight people because every pretty much every space is a safe space every space you can hold hands with someone you care about. Uh, but if you're gay, that's not the case, you know, um, to show a little extra affection is not appropriate in so many places. 
uh, it's considered not appropriate. I think it's appropriate, but it's considered by many not appropriate in many locations. Uh, you'll be asked to leave. Um, and in certain locations, you can be fired in the United States for, for showing affection. So with that, uh, I do think Laguna Beach could really benefit again from uh, another gay bar uh, with a sad departure of what is now um, uh, Anchor Line Bar, which was formerly uh, Main Street Bar and Cabaret, which was formerly Bounce. And I think before that it was Main Street again. And then it was Fleur de Lis uh, prior to that and a few other names over the years for its, I think it was 56 years of operation. Here in Laguna Beach, it has quite a rich, quite a rich, rich history. Someplace else that has a rich history, though, is Seahorse. The Seahorse uh, little bar market here, right here, actually close to the station. And Laguna Beach Pride is going to have a business mixer there on the 17th of November. Uh, so that is a two-hour event. It's kind of like a Chamber of Commerce mixer, but it's a business mixer for LGBTQ businesses, business owners, people that support LGBTQ and uh, have an interest in, uh, I guess, commerce around that, um, around that, uh, I guess, culture. And so that there'll be more uh, coming up uh, on that as we get the details finalized and it will be on uh, Laguna Beach Pride's website. But the important thing is tomorrow <laughs> at the beach. <laughs> And enjoying uh, getting together. There'll be probably lots of reminiscing about uh, what went on last night and perhaps what goes on tonight in the final night. I would love to, to get the karaoke set up there and sing one last, one for my baby and one for the road. <laughs> one for my baby and one more for the road. That lonely, lonely road. Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> As we, I, reminiscent of Bette Midler singing to Johnny Carson. Now I'm really dating myself. Some of you youngsters out there probably have, maybe have heard of Johnny Carson, but he was a talk show host years ago. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> As I often do, I, I guess I'm getting a little maudlin as my friend, Dr. Newble always said, you're getting all maudlin. It's okay to get a little maudlin. I mean, that's human nature, you know, it happens. Yeah. So with that, we'll take a short music break and I'll be back with on this week in history here on KXFM 104.7, Craig and Rainbow Radio. Give me a sign What is love? Baby, don't hurt 
FM here, Rainbow Radio. Time for this week in history, starting with today. Today, what is today? October 22nd. Can you believe that? Not far away from Halloween. Uh, 
a national holiday for some people. <laughs> On this day in history, in 1986, the Surgeon General of the United States, C. Uh, C. Everett Koop, I remember him, releases the first government publications for the public on gay safer sex practices. How about that? So they actually talked about gay stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, the Surgeon General. I remember. I, I didn't know we had a Surgeon General. It's my first experience. And they have these uh, uniforms as a general. And <laughs> anyway, he he, uh, he was quite a remarkable person. Uh, he knew. I don't think he knew no prejudice. He knew of no. He had no prejudice, something like that. Anyway, moving along to September, October 23rd in 1965, that's way, way long ago. After a series of demonstrations, it was the final East Coast homophile organization, ECHO, White House uh, picket. Demonstrations felt with this event that picketing the White House had lost its effectiveness as a tactic. Hmm. Why would that be? <laughs> I guess no one paid attention. That would that would make a difference. Moving along to October 24th on this day in history, 1977, eight men are uh, killed and six injured in a fire at a gay porn theater in Washington, D.C. The only emergency exit was padlocked and there were no fire sprinklers in the building. Okay, that's lovely news. In 1981, the first National Conference on Lesbian and Gay Aging is held in all places, of all places, California. In 1990, the Smithsonian accepts a small donation of gay and lesbian artifacts for inclusion in its National Museum of History. The collection is stored in a non-public area for the time being. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it had ever gotten out of the non-public area. <laughs> Just too controversial. In 2002, Harry Hay, leader of the early gay rights movement in the United States, co-founder of the Medicine Society, and the Radical Fairies dies at the age of 90. Hmm. Moving along to October 25th. Did we not have an October? Oh, that was 24th, yeah. 25th. Going way back in history, in 1783, in West Point, New York, Deborah Sampson is honorably discharged from the Massachusetts Regiment, wounded in one of several battles in which she fought. Sampson had escaped discovery for almost a year and a half until failing, until falling sick with fever. One of the earliest American examples of a passing woman, Sampson formed several attachments with women while dressed as a man. She later uh, marries and receives a military pension. Well, <laughs> uh, shocking in 1783. In 1982, Northern Ireland uh, repeals its sodomy laws. Mm, good on them. In 1985, against Mayor Ed Koch's recommendation, New York State urges local New York City health officials to paddle out gay baths and sex clubs. A month later, the mine shaft is shuttered, followed by Plato's Retreat, a straight news, a straight swingers club. Hmm. That was uh, in a very difficult time. In 2006, the New York Jersey, the New Jersey Supreme Court rules, is, rules four to three decision that the state's constitution guarantees same sex couples all legal benefits of marriage but does not explicitly legalize same-sex marriage in the state. Hmm. How could that be? <laughs> to, uh, well, in 2011, the Supreme uh, Federal Court of Brazil, that's interesting, the Supreme Federal Court of Brazil ruled in favor of two women seeking a civil, uh, legal civil marriage. It found that sexual orientation could not serve as a pretext for excluding families from legal protection that marriage represents that's in 2011 and in brazil mm -hmm. moving along to october 26th in 1989 a planned college production of the normal heart provokes protests and violence in springfield missouri however all eight performances sell out for in four hours i have some experience in springfield missouri <laughs> often considered the buckle of the Bible Belt. 
I had a corporate job there for 12 years for a hotel group. And one day they discovered that they had a homosexual in their midst. I didn't live in Missouri, but I, I lived on the West Coast. But somehow they discovered my proclivity. <laughs> and I was uh, promptly asked to resign. Anyway, I digress. In 19, uh, October 27th, moving along here, Craig. In 1970, to protest uh, a September 1970s Harper, Harper's cover story entitled The Struggle for Sexual Identity, hmm, in which editor Joseph Epstein had lamented homosexuals as an affront to our rationality. Oh, wow. And homosexual as an athema. Columbia graduate student Pete Fisher stages a sit-in at the magazine's Park Avenue offices with 40 other gay activists, activists alliance, GAA members. Although the sit-in does not elicit an official response from the magazine, it leads to GAA's national television debut and has an enormous impact on future media coverage of lesbian and gay issues. Thank you, Harper's Magazine. <laughs> In 1990, after 38 years on the books, a federal law prohibiting gay and lesbian foreigners from entering the U.S. is repealed by Congress. Wow. I didn't know it was on uh, the books for 38 years. There was a federal law. Hmm. In 1992, a federal court of Canada orders the Canadian military to stop discriminating against gays. In 1992, Alan R. Schindler Jr., an American uh, radio man, petty officer, third class in the United States Navy, is brutally murdered for being gay. He was killed in a public toilet in Sasebo, Nagasaki, Japan, by shipmate Terry M. Pelvey, who acted with the aid of an accomplice, Charles Vinn. The ensuing murder case became synonymous with the gays in the military debate that had been brewing in the United States, culminating in the don't ask, don't tell bill. Lovely. In 1989, the Fourth Court of Appeals in San Antonio, Texas, rules that Littleton and Prang a post-operative transgender woman remains legally male, and therefore her marriage to a biological male is invalid. That's San Antonio. Hmm. I don't know. In 1999, a government of the Canadian province of Ontario charges 60, uh, changes 67 laws uh, to give same-sex couples the same rights as married couples. Um... Why do they have to change them? Why didn't they just automatically, if you're married, you're married. I don't understand. Okay, I guess they must have said, they must have had some gender-specific verbiage in them that they needed to change, uh, which is, happens in our schools, too. When they say parents, they that has uh, changed, been being changed. It's a process, though. Yeah, I understand. In 2003, statistics from the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation shows that 16.7% of hate crimes committed in the country in 2002 were due to bias against the victim's perceived sexual orientation, the highest rate in 12 years of federal records that have been kept. Moving along to our last day of the week in this week in history, October 28th, in 1824, the Marquis de Custine is beaten and left for dead after propositioning a male soldier in St. Denis. The scandal forces him out of the closet, but he recovers and lives the rest of his life as an open sodomite with his partner, Edward St. Barbie. Custine maintains a successful social life in Paris. Uh, in 1970, Kate Millett becomes one of the first leaders of the growing women's movement to acknowledge her lesbianism when she comes out as bisexual at a Daughters of Billets meeting in New York City. 
1981, Love, Sydney, a sitcom starring Tony Randall as a middle-aged gay man living with an unwed mother and her daughter premieres on NBC. Though gay in the middle, in the made-for-TV movie on which the series is based, as well as uh, the plot, creators and even star Randall deny the character's homosexuality in subsequent interviews. Oh, get over it. <clears throat> 1981. Oh, my. Tony Randall, too. <laughs> Sorry. 1998 in Canada, Glenn Murray is elected as mayor of Winnipeg, Manitoba. He is the first openly gay man to be elected mayor in a major North American city. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> we may uh, take issue with that in Laguna Beach here. In 2009, the United States President Barack Obama signs the Matthew Shepard Act, which expands federal hate crime laws to include crimes motivated by a victim's actual or perceived gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, or, dis or disability. The first U.S. federal law to extend legal protections to transgender persons. That is this week in history. I hope you survived that. It wasn't too, it wasn't too terrible. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> if you're just tuning in, don't forget this sun Sunday, that would be tomorrow evening at the beach. Be there or be square. Be right back. Oh.
ago, um, I parked my a little Scion XB near my house um, out on the street, and I had put a bumper sticker on it uh, without saying who it was for, but it was for a president. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, and I, so I left it, it was not right in front of my house. It was about uh, probably two blocks away. And uh, the next morning, I, I was on my way to work, and I went to get in my little Scion, and it had been pelted with rotten eggs and toilet paper, and peanut butter had been squished into all the door handles, and <clears throat> there was dead meat on the hood. And uh, I was a mess, a real mess. It was like, you, I don't know. A lot of peanut butter was squished into the door handles and the keys and, and the grill and <clears throat> and the toilet paper and eggs all over it. And it actually had baked in the sun for a while. So I, I uh, as I was getting in my car, uh, a neighbor said, uh, um, I made a comment about something and we, and we were talking and he said, yeah, uh, why would you put a bumper sticker on your car in this neighborhood? Like it was the wrong political affiliation was his comment. And I, I felt like, what a, what a butt. <laughs> I want to use another word, but I don't need to say anything because, I mean, he's the neighbor. I'm not going to create any ill will. I thought, well, whatever. 
But what I found most annoying about about it, I knew it was because the bumper sticker, and uh, was the handprints. I saw a lot of adult handprints, big handprints, but I also saw some small handprints, some kids, little kids, little handprints. And the message to me was that obviously an adult was engaging one of their children in this um, event and they were assisting with smearing peanut butter. And um, apparently they're, you know, they were grooming. (laughs) They were grooming their child (laughs) in the ways of sending a message, a political message which I find very um, inappropriate. That's not the way you groom a child, I'm sorry. And so that stuck with me. But my message here was, what happened to all the bumper stickers? Because I'm a bit older, but, and and if you want to, uh, I got so charged up about it. I actually did a YouTube video and I did a kind of an Andy Rooney thing. I was wondering, What happened to the bumper stickers, you know? And it's true. I remember uh, back in the day when everyone had bumper stickers and yard sticks, uh, yard signs. And when you went to to college, uh, there was lots of discussion, particularly in political science classes, about the candidates and their positions. And we, we learned about what platforms they had and the planks in their platforms which made up their platforms and what they supported what what they supported to make the world a better place and it was more about what they supported and the good they were they were their efforts were to do as opposed to what they disliked and what they hated about their their opponents certainly there was a a degree of that but mostly it was about what they were doing for the American people. And there was a conversation. And if you went to a a cocktail party, it was talked about. And if you were at work, you talked about it. And people were not afraid to engage and have conversations. Today, it's almost like you're taking your life in your own hands (laughs) to, to put a bumper sticker on your car. Certainly it could be vandalized or uh, you could suffer. Um, you could suffer at work. Uh, you know, with your promotion, uh, you could uh, alienate your neighbors, your family. Uh, it's become uh, so so polarizing. And you know, in my dissertation, I I explain that it is. Um, I think they they have found out uh, that that hate is a powerful uh, response, and that. Uh, it can be very motivational and the algorithms with all the social media can really use that effectively and uh, promote a narrative that provokes a response that brings higher viewership and sells commercial time. And that's really what it's about, you know? And so once you get into one vein or the other, whatever, uh, it provokes more of a similar response and affirms your, uh, belief and drags you further down the rabbit hole and uh, away perhaps from reality, whatever your thoughts are. And unfortunately, that's what's a lot of what's happening. But I think somehow if we brought back the bumper sticker and we had a dialogue and that dialogue was uh, open and without the negativity and without the hatred, we would be a better a better place. I remember in grammar school, even that our grammar school teachers would talk about candidates with little kids, you know, dare you say that now? Oh, gosh, no, you can't do that. Um, So uh, bumper stickers, I think, I think that would be a fine thing to have. And uh, it's, it's probably very scary, but (laughs) what happened to all the bumper stickers? Uh, I'm sure they don't even print them. Very, very few people print them. I did buy, uh, I will admit to buying a Pete Buttigieg bumper sticker. And did I put it on my car? No, (laughs) but I bought it. (laughs) But anyway, if you want to hear, if you're so inclined, just go to Google. I mean, just go to YouTube and put Craig Cooley bumper stickers. and, And there I am in all my glory with a, with a, I don't know, it's probably about a, 
eight minute dissertation about bumper stickers. I tried to kind of do it in the Andy Rooney style. It's a little dated, but uh, <clears throat> it it covers uh, the details of bumper stickers. And so that's my commentary for today, this Sunday uh, morning in Laguna Beach uh, on KXFM 104.7. Um, there is some news in the world. I, I, I'm a, a bit miffed to, to bring it up because, uh, well, I try, I try and it's all kind of negative, but there is one thing I found a, a little interesting. Um, in Russia, their, their social media is trying to, um, what their <laughs> Russian social media is putting out uh, public service announcements about how horrible it is for people defecting to the United States. And so they're, they're representing what uh, thousands are fleeing the country following President uh, Vladimir Putin's draft order, you know, because they don't. So it says thousands of Russians continue to flee the country to avoid being uh, conscripted uh, to fight for, in Ukraine. And there's a propaganda video uh, warning interactions with LGBTQ, Black, and veg vegetarian people in America that has gone viral. <laughs> so you wouldn't want to come to America because there's vegetarians and blacks, oh my God, and gays. <clears throat> Imagine that would be so such a bad thing. All three of them in one place. Oh my gosh. One scene a couple are alarmed to discover that a woman seated in front of them is married to another woman. That's, an, that's enough reason to go back to Russia right there. Uh, <laughs> in another, a flight attendant takes the husband's meal away because a vegetarian pastor objects to him eating meat. <laughs> so the flight attendant says, oh, we got to take your meal away. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> in the third scenario, a black passenger attempts to jump in line in the bathroom when the Russian husband objects. The flight attendant says to... Attendant and several passengers insist the black passenger be allowed to go ahead. His people have been oppressed by white men for centuries, one passenger says. Yeah, right. We owe a debt to all African Americans, so they let him cut in line. That's what we're doing in the United States. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, in the Russian Federation, launched videos against uh, the avalanche of. Uh, Oh, let's see. Um, but someone made this, um, made the point. Would you rather, uh, would you rather go fight? Would you rather have, uh, hmm. they made a good comparison. Uh, and it, it, it made sense. Would you rather go fight and die? for something you don't believe in, or would you rather have uh, um, <laughs> be subjected to a uh, meeting gay people? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, anyway, I found that amusing um, on a strange sort of level. It's this propaganda video that they've got out there. I, 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 I have to wonder if they... if the Russian people really take it seriously. I don't know. I mean, do they really think that that is just a, an abomination that what we do in the United States is, is so horrible. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I found that, that, uh, this, I'm a bit entertaining, let's say. And then there's some awful stuff. I know that in the Taliban in Afghanistan are just still doing some horrible things. And there is a, now, uh, well, do I want to talk about it? Mexico's most populous state approves same-sex marriage. How about that? That's a good one. Um, and the rest of it's all negative. Oh, wait, the U.S. has never had a lesbian governor, and there's two women that are running for governors. In uh, So go vote. Go vote. We have to vote. <laughs> the sad thing is that if, uh, if uh, we lose control of the Senate and, the, uh, and um, the House of Representatives, that a lot of these things that have been uh, the new legislation that's been put brought forward uh, could all be 
whisked away. So we need to save it and we need to codify the gay rights, which is really important. So, and it hasn't been, that's, that's not gotten through. It got voted out. We need it. I think we need two thirds majority on that. And that has not happened. So we need to work on that. California becomes the first sanctuary state for transgender youth seeking medical care. How about that? Yay on California. So there's some good news. I'm like, I can't read the bad news. Well, I got to read this one bad news because it's just so bad. Uh, the Taliban take a medical student that they discover is gay in Pakistan. They execute him in, in, with three days of torture, film it, and send it to his parents. Is that lovely? That's horrible. Anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about other better things. It's, uh, my time is up here. It's 10.01. I'm going to end with a with uh, a good one song, and then uh, it's on to Ida May's music because she is not here today. So we will we will sign off. Don't forget tomorrow it's uh, Liso Creek rain. It's um it's the gloaming and the sun goes down. It uh it's the bonfire, the beach bonfire. It's free. We have s'mores, so you can just show up there with your beach chair and and roasts some marshmallows and graham crackers and chocolate and and meet new people it's free bring your dogs your friends your kids your cousins your nephews whatever you want and and if you want we'll have the sticks for your hot dogs you can bring those and maybe some food you want to share with friends it's all good it's something that we've been doing now for a couple of years and very well attended and a great opportunity, like I said, to meet new friends, very casual and very um, just kind of fun, relaxing, a good thing, a good way to meet new friends in a very uh, comfortable environment. So thank you. See you next week.